podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome everyone to another episode of Tuned Into Tennis on the Sports Social Podcast Network. I'm your host, Miles David, here to bring you the latest from the world of professional tennis with some colorful commentary and audacious analysis about the sport. With only a handful of days remaining in 2023, it's definitely been time to reflect on some of the major storylines of the past season. One that I absolutely could not pass up is the success of one group of men on the ATP Tour. That story is of the five black men who all finished the season inside the top 40 rankings and most of whom reached their career highs this season as well. I have a pair of guests on the show today to help me dive deep into their stories. Lucy and Eugene of Blackspin Global tune into the podcast once again to share their favorite moments from Francis Tiafo, Ben Shelton, Felix Auger-Aliassime, Chris Eubanks, and Arthur Fees. They provide some interesting stories from their time as credentialed media during the Wimbledon Championships this year, and we try to predict where and how some of these players can have even bigger results in 2024. A lot of fun conversation to look forward forward to on today's episode of tuned into tennis hopefully it's a nice treat while you're driving cooking cleaning or working out and you come away learning something new about these exciting players now let's get into the show two of my favorite voices in tennis and i'm Kinda, I'm really, I'm really genuine when I say that because I am a sucker for a British accent. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lucy and Eugene, host of the Black Spin Global Tennis Podcast, super happy and just thrilled to see what you guys have done for the sports culture, specifically in 2023, in the past and beyond. And I'm excited to dive into some of the special moments from the ATP Tour this season with you guys. So, how are you guys doing today? Oh, good, Miles. Um, thanks for having us on, man. Appreciate it. And yeah, thanks for the kind words as well. Much appreciated. Yep. I mean all of them. How you doing, Lucy? Doing really good. Now I'm going to force my British accent. <laughs> <laughs> it's natural, though. Don't force it. It's, it's, it's great. Anytime I, I, I tap into the pod, I'm like, this is just a really, really good listen. Like all the content and stuff. Inside. It's like, this is a good listen, you know? Oh, don't get me started on the visuals now. I already keep paying today. That's all easy. That's all easy. <laughs> the visuals have been lit in 2023. So, um, no problem. So I, I gave a little tease about what we're here to talk about. We're going to be talking about some of the ATP tour moments this season. Not really a um, season including everybody from top to bottom, because let's be honest, we know why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. <laughs> we are going to be focusing on the black men who finished all inside the top 40 on the ATP tour. And I've been... I have to be honest here and transparent. I've been struggling to find and locate my facts with this, but it just based off feeling, it feels like this is the first time this ever happened in ATP tour history. I can't think of a time where I've looked back on the top 40 of the men's rankings and seen black men squarely in that top 40 range and almost all of them being seated for Australia, you know, bearing anything that happens. Do you guys remember anything like yeah, that? No, it's a good shout. I, I can't off. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Um, I, I, being seated, I think 
Fees will just about miss out. I think I think mm-hmm. he's thirty six. But yeah, it's it's incredible. Like just in terms of yeah the numbers this year, like it's obviously something we've been speaking about like throughout the whole season. Um, it's just so good to see, and it's like kind of it feels like about time, really. Like I don't know how you feel, Lucy. Yeah, no, I I agree. I think we've we've always had moments where there was just one or two black players dominating um, in a specific like decade so there was one moment when it was obviously years ago you had Arthur Ashe and then mm-hmm. you know you had um you had all the other players but like I feel like now this is like the first time where you are seeing a, a lot more like literally so many of them in the same season same year same everything and I feel like it's really great especially for ATP because you know at least with the WTA we we probably didn't have the same thing as well, but at least we had the woman that was that was dominating. <laughs> for we had heavy hitters. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. We had those, like, whereas with the ATP, it's been a very like long time since you and without discriminating all the black players that we've had in the past, like they've all been great. But is it is we've never had this moment where it's literally like not even just one but so many. Yeah. So yeah, honestly, it's just so great. And I, it just makes me so excited and just love the game even more. And all of them have their own kind of energy and style exactly. that they specifically bring to the sport. And it's not like we're looking at a starting five of personalities that feel the exact same. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they, they just, every time I watch either one of these guys that we're going to get in today, I am left feeling more hopeful for the future and just in general mm-hmm. excited about the kind of tennis they play. So um, mm-hmm. I'm excited to kind of deep dive into each one of them uh, today on the show. But before we do, I said, I said, I know we, we all three of us know why we're here, but before we, <laughs> before we go and shine on the greatness of these men that we're talking about today, is there, are there any non-black men who you vibe with on tour that you wanted to shout out for having a good season or moment in 2023. I know there's a couple for me, so I'll kind of open up the, the floodgates. They are the men from China and more specifically, Zhang Jijin, Wu Yibing and Jerry Zhang. I've enjoyed all three of them on the ATP tour having moments and the, the, the play style that they have is by my by my accounts interesting like i'm i'm definitely sitting down and i i think i've sat down to watch all of them play tennis at least once this year and and was i don't mean i don't want to say blown away because i don't want to give them too much but (laughs) (laughs) i was was entertained i was entertained uh zhang jijin Mm -hmm. he picked up a big win over casper root at the u.s open that was i think that was the first i think he was i mean this is a interesting stat but i think he was the first chinese man to beat a top five seed or a top 10 seed yeah. at a major. Yeah, that means about I, I think I, I remember, remember that headline. Now. Yeah, I remember yeah. now, yeah. And then Wu Yibing was the first Chinese man to ever win an ATP main tour title in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Jerry Shane just got swag. <laughs> 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 he, just, he just got something a little special and he's a lefty and he's young, so he's, he's kind of just starting. But all three of those guys, I was like, oh, okay, I can I can stick around for this. Do you guys do you guys have any anybody else that you're like, okay, like I, I appreciate and head nod to what you did in 2023? 
Um, I'm gonna go a bit big in terms of like the names. So oh yeah, that's fine. Me, that's completely fine. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I have to give a shout out to Carlos Alcaraz. Like honestly, and I'm not even just. I feel like a lot of people just only say his name because of. Actually, I have two. Sorry. So it was Alcaraz, and I feel like a lot of people only saying his name because of the Wimbledon moment. But I feel like even before Wimbledon, he's just done such a great job. Um, before even the clay season, during the clay season, and even like a lot of people just talk about the Wimbledon moment, but what a lot of people are forgetting is that Alcaraz doesn't have like a strong grasp before what he didn't have a strong grasp performance like going into Wimbledon I was like yeah I'm not really gonna even check up on him and next thing you know he won Queens and you know he was going like all crazy um another person that I feel like doesn't really get the credit as much and to be honest I personally without going too much into details I personally feel that it's because of political reason which is Medvedev I mean this guy was honestly killing it this year um especially like hard court season he literally won like three four five titles back to back back to back back to back, back, to back. like he's the way we talk about Sinar Alcaraz I personally feel like when you talk about Medvedev like that I know he and he had he gave us entertaining moments <laughs> like you know he was he was telling us he was a hard court specialist you know he is a hardcore <laughs> like you know he's 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 funny he's um he's he, I, I know at times he can be a little bit you know whatnot but I love what he brings to the sport I've always said that he's that you know when you have that villain that you should not really like but you do I feel like mm-hmm. that's how Medvedev is so for me I feel like Akaraz and Medvedev honestly they've they've they brought a lot to this uh, a lot to the tour this year and I'm really looking forward to them like next year as well I like shadows, yeah I like I like those shouts I like all of your shouts actually Lamar's I think yours the Chinese guys I think that's it's quite significant in terms of like having Chinese representation and like that's that's good mm-hmm. for China coming up um and like that kind of part of the world as well which is very good and yeah for you Lucy too I I think I'm going to follow you and kind of go slightly higher rank so I've always um, how much much higher can we get (laughs) (laughs) in terms of top 10 so I'm I'm a big fan of um, I know it's again maybe controversial uh, although he's kind of I'd say he's kind of calmed down now um, in in kind of recent times Um, but why has his name just escaped me the Dane. Why? I've just forgotten his name. Oh, I, I could have sworn you were setting the stage to say Novak Djokovic. And I was like, I was going exactly. <laughs> to keep my mouth closed. Be like, you know what? It's not a whatever, whatever. But but Holger Runa, oh, like I'm Holger cool. Runa. Holger Runa. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So finishing inside the top 10. Um, I'm not sure how many titles he won this year, but I think when you qualify for the year end fight masters, like that's, sign that you've had a good year um and I, I think he's just always someone that I, I'm always look kind of looking out for in terms of like when he's on like I find him very entertaining to like watch um another player I like quite a lot he's just outside the top 20 I believe is uh, the Argentine Francisco Chondolo um mm-hmm. yeah and like seen quite a lot of him this year I think he won one title this year um, and got to like his career high ranking of like 19 to like just just inside the top 20. I think he finished like 21st or 22nd. Um, but yeah, he's another player that I feel like we're going to be seeing a lot more of. I think he's like early 20s. So it's just like, I think in terms of like the men's game in general, like it's in a very like good shape in terms of like the exciting talent coming up. Um, and I, I just feel like, yeah, it bodes well for the future. Like there's a lot of like young up and coming exciting players like to kind of look out for. So yeah, all, all, all good for the future. 
Yeah, I definitely feel that way. It hasn't always felt that way on the ATP tour where I can um, feel like I'm getting a high entertainment level. And there's definitely been some moments this year where I was like, oh, this is not fun, <laughs> a.k.a. most of Novak Djokovic's performance. Sorry if you're a super fan and, and have stumbled across this podcast. Um <laughs> But other other outside of his domination and, you know, like, you know, head nod for winning three of the four Grand Slams and being in the yeah. final of the other one. Mm-hmm. The other stuff around that, if you really are in the weeds of tennis, has been fun. And I feel like if you are a person of color, a black person or a person that identifies as black almost in any part of the globe, because the men we're going to talk about hit different parts of it, which is, I think is another beautiful thing. And why I mm-hmm. wanted to have you guys on to talk about it, because there's some perspectives that I might not know, like the temperature of how this player is being talked about and we'll get into that but men's tennis feels like it is going to be okay on the other side of this big three era whenever it officially finishes because i feel like it has to officially finish when the last pillar decides to crumble which is Novak Djokovic, and we don't know when that's we don't know when that's going to happen so yeah <laughs> in, the, in the meantime we can pick and choose the fun stuff to watch <laughs> okay so let's get started with uh our first guy that we're going to do a little deep dive in today and we're going to work from the tip top of the top five and work our way down and number one as far as black men ranked inside the top 40 this year are none other than Francis Tiafo of the U.S. He finished the season at number 16 in the world, but that's not even close to why he's number one on this list. Because, you know, I mean, if I if I pull out the lens, finishing 16 in the world is great. But that number 10 spot he got to was really the moment that I had been waiting for in his career. And to see him get to that was was great and and i mean like the overall storyline for francis this year (laughs) he became a little bit more reliable like just just big things he's accomplished this year getting to the semis of indian wells and i had known that that was his first time winning a quarterfinal at a masters 1000 he had gone zero and two or zero and three and that explains so much more the emotion he let out after beating cam nori at indian wells but like i said he's gotten a little bit more reliable he added two more titles in houston and stuttgart to his trophy cabinet this season and obviously getting to the top 10 is huge we know a little bit of his story but how do you guys feel about Francis Tiafo in 2023. How did you guys, how do you make you feel? Can I go to DC? Um, I was honestly really proud, especially like the first half of like the season. Obviously, that's when he won like his titles. Um, and now he has titles in all different surfaces. Um, and I think that I think what I appreciate about Tiafo is that each season there's just like a big moment. He's just growing and he might, he might not grow at a pace that a lot of people would want, but at least he's going to like each season, he's just in a whole different space. And this season really showed it. It's like, even me, Eugene, we always spoke about it. Like, this is crazy. Like there was a time where, you know, he was in the smallest court and no one was really talking about him to during Wimbledon. He was, his face was on the bloody <laughs> Buses, <laughs> you know, like oh, he's, he's everywhere. Everyone, yeah, Barclays, he can see, Bank ambassador. 
<laughs> Barclays Bank ambassador. That's one of the. Oh, in the commercial, the commercial that had Venus and da- and Lindsay Davenport from that from that moment, I believe, when they played in 05. But some somehow the way that that match got worked into the Barclays I, commercial, I saw. Oh really? I, I don't. Yeah. Know. All, all I all I know is that he was like a, he was like an ambassador for like the Barclays Bank, which is one of like the biggest banks mm-hmm. in the UK, and you know, so seeing all of that is just like it's just amazing, really. I think with Francis, I think. He, I think the nerves get to him sometimes, but he, he, you don't see it because he seems like really confident. And you know, if he loses, he doesn't like. It's really rare for you to see to to pick up like you can see that he's a bit sad, but not to a point where you know he sees that he's given up and stuff. Like he'll be sad and then he'll pick himself up and go again. Um, so yeah, so honestly, I'm I'm just really happy because. You know, at the end of the day, he got to a point like, like I said, each season he just keeps on like getting better. The season before, you know, he was he reached all the way like what the semifinals at the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. This season, you know, he reached top ten. He won two titles, you know, and he even the U.S. Open he made it well all the way to the quarterfinals. Like not a lot of people can do that. Some people they reach, they peak, and then that's it. You never see them again. So yeah, <laughs> yeah so honestly, I'm I'm really like I. Because a lot of people were talking after, especially when he reached the top 10. But it goes it goes back to my point where I feel like maybe the nerves like hit him. But now that he's experienced that top 10, he's won two titles. I feel like next season he can come back like really prepared and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, no, all good points. I, I think with Francis, obviously we're big fans. I think 2022 was like the year where it, it was like a breakthrough year because obviously the US Open semi-final. And then what he went and went went on to do um, this year, like we've, we've established, reaching the top top, top ten, um, winning two titles, like he, he kind of further backed that up. So it wasn't like yeah, a, yeah it wasn't like a fluke basically. And, and, and like you yeah. said, Miles, like it, it, he kind of or fans anyway of him, maybe they kind of grow frustrated sometimes of like the the time it's taken him to kind of get to where he's at. Um, mm-hmm. But like you said, Lucy, like I just feel like year on year there's been progression, and I just feel like, as we, we all kind of know, the tennis season is such a long, like it's a long, it's season. a long grind, e- exactly. Yeah. So so many things kind of happen, like over the what eleven month kind of spell, whatever how long the season is. Um, mm-hmm. I think for someone like TFO, like yeah, this year for him to reach the top ten, obviously he finished I think sixteenth. Mm-hmm. there's enough there for me to kind of say yeah he he's a top 10 player and there's kind of more to his game to kind of reach even higher than that and I feel that that's kind of where I think that's where his mind's at as well like I think he does believe yeah. like he can you know be in and amongst the, the the top 10 guys like and when when you're in the top 10 you can kind of go anywhere from there so mm-hmm. I feel I feel like 2024 is gonna be a big season for him because I'm sure he's gonna want to get back into that top 10 um, and yeah, he'll be competing for like the the big big titles as as he should be. So yeah, I, th- I feel like twenty twenty three was a very good year. Like it, maybe he could have had some better results at some of the Grand Slams, but I think overall, like reaching that career high, like I don't think you can take that away from him. I think that's that's a big 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 achievement. So yeah. huge, yeah. And he 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 finds himself in rare air because there's only been three black American men to crack the top 10. It's him, Arthur Ashe and James Blake. Yeah. And like mm. that right there is, uh, something he should, he should hang his hat on. Well, the only thing, Fact. um, only thing that I, how do I, cause I don't want to, this isn't, this isn't the, 
the agenda doesn't have much of ragging on these players, and I'm not ragging on Tiafo here. Like, we, don't, we don't do that backspin. We keep it positive, man. We keep it positive. I'll frame it like this. I'll frame it like this. There was an opportunity for growth. There were opportunities for growth in general in life, but specifically for Tiafo, right after he got to that top 10 uh, spot during the grass court season, I was concerned about his performance at Wimbledon in a space where I felt like it could have even ignited more, and I'm specifically talking about his performance against Grigor Dimitrov. And now, as I say that, Dimitrov has not himself had a, a bad 2023 at all. Yeah, yeah, and it was, may be yeah. like reborn this year, yeah. Yeah, he was, yeah. right? He was flying around yeah. the court. So it's not mm-hmm. a terrible loss. It was more so how the loss happened. It yeah. was yeah, it was it, it was a it was a lack of energy almost. And I expected mm-hmm. that. I expected all the headlines that came with Tiafo being in the top 10 for him to just take that and run with it. And I, mm-hmm. he, he, he did. And, you know, stuff happens, shit happens. He kind of faltered a little bit. And especially in that match where there was a, a firm break because of the weather yeah, and, exactly. and the rain, I thought he was mm-hmm. going to like kind of snap back into it, but he didn't. And unfortunately a little bit of that happened and trickled throughout the second half of the season. So that's why, mm-hmm. Like, like you said, Lucy, there's been people that are talking, like, how do you get to the top 10? It's like, no, he won two titles, got to the semis of a Masters, and got to the quarters of a major. Like, that is, that's stuff that you hang your hat on, and anybody in the in the AT rankings would want that. It's just that some of the biggest moments where it felt like all eyes were on him after reaching that milestone, it was yeah. a little, it was a little touch and go. And if I'm looking back at his tape for 2023 if i'm his coach i'm trying to work on those to make sure that you know when this when this really really lights camera action and you are you know pushing for second weeks of a major you bring all that same energy that got you to the top 10 you know no, that's what i would no, that's specifically what i would tell him but that's that's why i said earlier like i feel like the nerves play a big part during those times but because mm-hmm. you don't see it people don't really think about it because during those matches really and truly a lot of times like those big matches for example the Dimitrov one a lot of times he's not really doing anything wrong but it's just mm. that there's a lot of errors and lack of energy like you said earlier so that's how it was very easy I feel like I feel like the last thing that he'll probably need to tackle is knowing how to handle those nerves or knowing how to handle big matches or matches where it's like, this is going to count because it's his third round of Wimbledon. If I'm correct, I think he's never really passed a third round at Wimbledon. I think he's no, always yeah, lost I don't think so. Yeah, I think that's the highest he's always been. He's playing against Dimitrov, who out of nowhere is on smoke now. <laughs> You know, um, his top 10, he's just won a title. So there was a lot on his back, but I feel like I can't wait for like a moment where he's like, he can play and not worry too much about the noise. You yeah. know, him being the the top black, um, not even just the black, uh, top black men player, but the top American player, especially mm-hmm. at that time, that is a lot. You know, people literally, when I when we went Wimbledon this summer, there was a lot of Americans at Wimbledon. So, you know, like there's all this, it's not even, it's not even a thing where it's just on social, even in person, like you can feel it, you know. He has to think about his family as well, something that Osaka has shared in the past as well, feeling that pressure from the family as well. Like you have to give back, you know, your parents have worked their asses off to get you to a point where you are, you can't mess this up. All of these things are running through his mind and... Mm. I know for a fact, the second he knows how to 
handle that pressure the same way Coco did that this year. And look what she did. She won <laughs> right, like, three yeah. or four titles. And one of those titles was a bloody uh, Grand Slam. So I feel like that's the only thing that's missing from Tiafa because he has everything. On court and off court, he has it all. It's just that how, how can I handle the big matches or the matches that count a lot or how can I like just ignore the noise, you know, and that that's make, how that I makes sense. It. it makes sense to me because he's the higher you get, the thinner the air gets. So like the small things yeah. really do matter, but mm-hmm. switching from small to big Francis Tiafo is kind of like, he, he literally is the veteran of this group as far as time on tour experiences on tour, yeah. but I'm interested to see how he segues some of that into 2024. And this is where I want to get you guys predictions. Don't feel like you have to explain it because you're just going to take your hearts, your heart's desire and put it out here into the podcast, uh, ecosystem, yeah. but, and, and feel free to be big and bold, but a 2024 prediction for Francis Tiafo. Ooh. Can I just Eugene. say first of oh, all that yeah, go ahead, no, go ahead. I just no, no, Eugene can go first, but Eugene knows about me, so I'm just going to let you know. I hate <laughs> predictions. <laughs> it's, it's not my favorite thing either. It's not my favorite thing either. But I just wanted to let you know, but I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try, but yeah, I, I had to do it myself. Like even on the agenda, I had to write like, "Be, be feel free to be bold." You know, because sometimes you, <laughs> yeah. you don't want to. You don't. You don't want to sound crazy and somebody clip it and be like, look at this guy. But, you know, it's fun. It's all fun. Oh <laughs> but go on, Eugene. Wow, so I'm going first, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I'm going to say Francis Tiafoe 2024. You know he's our guy, man. Like, <laughs> I, 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 and yeah, it, it might sound crazy or like, yeah, outlandish. We, we've had this on our previous pod. But I, I, I'm gonna. He's got a slam in him. I'm, I'm gonna say he's got a slam in him. I know that sounds mad, like to some people, but I mean, he reached the U.S. Open semi-final for God's sake, um, and quarterfinals, and the quarterfinals this year, back to back years. Exactly. Yeah. I think the Australia. Did he reach the semis or quarterfinals in Australia? I think in 2019 it was, it was the quarters. Yeah. Quarters. So like he, he's, you know, he's got the game to kind of go deep at a slam and I feel, I feel like when you get to like yeah the last eight last four it's literally anybody's mm-hmm. we, we all know Novak Djokovic is there and now Alcaraz but Francis Tiofo has a grand slam in him and I, I would love love it to be mm. 2024 so that, that's my bold prediction for Francis okay L- Lucy you got one in you for Francis I've got two I think one he'll go back to top 10 okay 100%. I think Sensible. and I think he'll I like be that. there longer yeah, and I think he'll be there much longer than this year. Um, I think he will win more than one title for sure again. And if he does aim for, if he does win, sorry, a Grand Slam, it's going to be the US Open for sure. Hundred <laughs> percent. And 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 I really have faith <laughs> in him the next season. Sorry, second week Wimbledon, we're claiming it. Oh, yeah, I definitely. was going to go back to Wimbledon and say he had some unfinished business. Oh, I, there, there's Second something about those courts. There's mm-hmm. something about those courts that, like, even though the space of Wimbledon hasn't always been for us, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Now, in the in the in this century that we're in, there's something special about about some melanin on those on those grass courts, and it's gonna click for him. I'm I'm gonna I'm be happy to see it when it clicks for him. It's, the it's gonna happen. Crowd love Francis, by the way. Like they were yeah. loving him here. Mm. Yeah, yeah, they love him here. 
I can I can see why he brings a lot he brings a lot to watch. So mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. those are some good things to kind of be on the lookout for in twenty twenty four. What about France you? What do you think? I am one rung beneath Eugene. I think he has a Grand Slam final in him. It's just unfortunate that I think his opponents in the final is probably going to be Novak Djokovic or Medvedev maybe on a hardcore. And I think with my mind knowing what I know about Francis Tiafo right now, he could make Mm. those matches. He's not going to just like get, you know, just get stomped on, but I don't think he walks Mm. to the net as a winner in those matches. Would love to be wrong, but uh, I think he has a final in him and I think he has a 500 or higher title for him. Right now he only has some, he only has, I say only in quotations, because that's still good, but three two fifties. I think he can do a five hundred, or maybe get to the final of a one thousand, and just you know, at that point, you just let the balls roll out and do what you got to do. So, I, yeah. I, I think there's even bigger moments for for Francis in twenty twenty four, and we'll cross our fingers for that. So, okay. All right. So on to our next guy in the top forty. Mr. Ben Shelton. And I feel like there's somebody listening to this that may have just rolled their eyes. And I know why you rolled your eyes. And I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care. He's added, he's added to the list. Ben Shelton is in. He's he's in the list. And he deserves to be. He 100%. he really he he deserves to be. The fact that it's been talked about all year. It's been like a little a little pitchy headline. But my mm. guy didn't know what air smelled like outside of the US <laughs> at the top of the at the top of the year. He didn't know he didn't know what was going on in Europe, Australia, or anywhere else. He just knew what good old USA smelled like. And Honestly. he got on he got on his planes. He got on his he got on his Zoom <laughs> and and he, he made himself a notable name to mm-hmm. to talk about and hang with. He finished the season at number 17 so right actually behind Francis Tiafo and I want to say he started the season his his end of 2022 was great he won he won uh three challengers back to back to back and he had a couple of close matches with somebody else we'll be talking about in a little bit on the podcast but he started in Auckland at uh 92 in the world so to finish wow. 16 um and, and get to, and crack that top 15 after winning his first atp title in tokyo like mm-hmm. i just I, I i gotta i gotta give him his his props and on top of all of that like when i when i think about ben big like big lens his style of play is so jockey to me and I, I I appreciate that i i feel like i am brought back to undergrad and i'm like rooting for somebody on a team, although this is an individual sport, I'm rooting for somebody on a team that I just want to see win and be happy on court just simply because it, it feels like he's happy when he's doing it. And the game is and the game is fire. Like it's big and he's competitive and he doesn't seem overawed by any of the, like we said, the new experiences of being different places in the world he's never been for a 21 year old. So yeah, I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm big on Ben Shelton. How do you guys feel about Mr. Shelton? Yeah, again, massive fans. Like I, I think with Shelton, I, the, the most impressive thing for me this year was the fact that after having an amazing Australian Open, I think he reached the quarterfinals. He didn't have the best kind of time after that. It's like there are a lot of like first round exits, um, but then for him to kind of bounce, say kind of for him to bounce back, win that title in, in Japan and finish in the top twenty, like that's just a sign of a, of a quality player. And like, like you said, he's very exciting to watch. Um, 
it's just impressive as well like <laughs> this is his kind of debut season like on tour like proper and yet he's pretty much an established like player like within within like the top 30 um and like yeah going into 2024 now he's going to be seeded for the first grand slam of the year like i mean probably couldn't really dream of having a better season so it's just very exciting to kind of see what he he kind of does in 2024 but i, I feel like there's a lot to kind of be excited about with, with ben shelton yeah honestly like <sighs> I know, I know that people get irritated with the whole first time, first time, first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, it's a big bloody <laughs> deal. Like, you know. yeah. Yep. yeah, I think sometimes, as especially us hardcore fans, we forget the impact. It's funny, we remember the impact of being a tennis fan ourselves because of the time different we were watching it. But then we forget <laughs> to put that on the players who mm. not only dealing with time difference, but, you know, the environment is different. Like the different people, different energy each and every time and different condition, different quarters, so many things to put on. The fact that he's able, he was able to do so much of that in one year is the first time ever i'm sorry like we have to like keep on saying it i know it's tiring but it is what it is it's literally so impressive and even the tournaments where he was like you know like eugene said earlier where the first he was you know the like first round exits and stuff a lot of them were doing clay season and i said on our podcast the second shelton gets comfortable on clay it's over for you guys. <laughs> like, i'm telling you guys right now like, honestly because even though he was leaving the first round you feel that way about playing, clay 100 percent. he was playing really? really well he was playing really good he was playing really good during those times and a lot of times he was playing um very like um I can't remember top of my head which players it was, but I do remember him playing against players who are experienced, players who mm-hmm, were like mm-hmm. top like clay players. So it's not as easy. Um, but I, def- I honestly think hardcore and clay is going to be like um, some of his strongest surfaces uh, for sure. Even even before grass, as and he was playing, and we were even there like literally in person he was great on grass don't get me wrong but i don't know from what i saw when i come when i compare all of them i feel like clay he would do really well but either way he had a fantastic season and he deserved winning that title i i I did not expect him to win a title and even if he didn't to me he would still had like a a great season he had a better season than a lot of people and you know the fact that he still bagged that is just amazing and reach the semi-finals US Open and then you lost to one of the top players of all times. And you had him sugar a little bit. You had had him sugar intimidating you. Yeah, you had it. This is what I'm saying. Like, honestly, and and, and that's why I don't get, like, the Shelton hate. It's like, I'm so sorry. Like, you don't... Forget forget it, man. man. For real, honestly. But he's, he's done a wonderful season, honestly. The Shelton hate is very strange. And just for people that are are listening to this and are confused, a lot of it happened at that U.S. Open um, because of the whole, and I'm using this even though this is completely wrong, that the media took this and rang with it or ran with it, that he was hanging up the phone on everybody that he, that he beat. But that literally wasn't the thing he was, he was doing. Like, I mean, he had a phone in his hand hypothetically, but he was saying that he was dialed in. 
Like, I don't understand how that got lost in translation when I went to his Instagram and saw that as a caption. I didn't see, I'm hanging up the phone on you guys. I saw, I'm dialed in. So, But the thing is, the thing is, Miles, even if he was, so what? Right, he right, beat, right, right, right. He beat yeah. the player, he's entertaining, he's being confident. But, you know, Eugene even said it on a podcast once. The second is a non-white player that is pulling out so much confidence on court mm-hmm. is literally game over and you're being like, you know, bullied and attacked and mm-hmm. anyhow. So they didn't like that, but I really hope that they deal with it and get used to it because with the way these players are moving right now next year, and just quickly on lastly like ben shelton i think you speak to anyone like he's one of the nicest guys like that you you could like ever meet keeps a smile on his face yeah yeah and like there's just all this like hate which i don't like to pay attention to but just makes no sense and they're just people that yeah they literally have maybe a different agenda like (laughs) that they're that they have issues with but but, yeah i I think with with ben like he's he's great for the game and i feel like yeah he's someone we should be very kind of we're lucky to have him basically and it's it's Mm. exciting to kind of see what he can do um going forward because there's a lot for Mm -hmm. him to achieve and it's just exciting to see yeah. It is. It is super, super excited about what happens for him. Okay, the prediction sec- segment for Ben Shelton. Feel free. You don't even have to give me too much of an ex- explanation. I just want to. I just want to hear what comes off of your head. I'll. I'll. I'll start for Ben. I'll say that he reaches a semifinal of a Masters and gets to the second week of either Wimbledon or Roland Garros. Ooh. I like so I, I may have took I, tell you, I may have taken up too much like space that. in the predictions. I don't <laughs> want to take, take away from what you guys were thinking, but feel free to hit me with a prediction. Lucy, I, I I'll have to agree with the Wimbledon one hundred percent because I think he lost that what third round at the Wimbledon at Wimbledon. I sorry, I think he may have lost second, second first round. or second round, yeah, second round. Okay, because yeah. oh, he didn't, no he didn't win back to back matches. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, no, I think it's because there was so many stops and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Second week Wimbledon, I'll have to agree with that. I think he's definitely going to win a different another title next year. I just I okay. can't tell what, but I know for a fact like he's going to win. I, those are the two that I have for now. Okay. I, I think for a bold, a bold call for Ben, for me, is he's going to win a Masters 1000. So, wow. said to be bold, I'm being bold. Where, Eugene? <laughs> Put a name to it. Um, <laughs> hmm. It's interesting you say, Lucy, about his game being well-suited to clay, because I, I feel like it's more hard and glass even. Um, oh, okay. No, I, I feel like hard, hard and clay, both of them. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the title's gonna come on a hard court. So let's say Miami. Let's say Miami. I, think I was wow. gonna say Miami too. I was gonna say Miami. <laughs> gonna die, like, be, uh, yep. He gonna have the Hard Rock Stadium rocking. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's go. Ben Shelton, 2024 Miami Open champion. Let's okay. get it. Let's get it. Don't nobody come clipping this if he loses. Okay. Don't nobody come clipping this. <laughs> business. <laughs> All right. So let's get on to our third. And I would say arguably most, I don't know if I should say them interesting, but he didn't necessarily have some of the highlights of his career thus far oh, in mm-hmm. 2023. And I'm speaking of Felix Auger Aliassine. He ended the season at 29, which is respectable, not necessarily where we 
want to see him, but also not too far away uh, for yeah. where it feels like he needs to just completely overhaul some things. Although, mm-hmm. um, this is not in the agenda, but it just came to my head. We need to overhaul our coaching in 2024. Yeah. Because... I don't I don't know what's going Lucy, on. Look at Lucy starting now, please. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, Lucy. But we could use a little better. We could use some better some better stuff in that little coaching section. Mm, um and mm, Felix, if you're mm. listening to this, it's not, you know, you can you can respectfully part ways with somebody that you really appreciate just because you want to level up. And, <laughs> of course I don't. You know. <laughs> <laughs> It's, just it, it, it's, sorry guys uh, yeah, yeah it's okay it's okay i'll give you a lozenge it's fine it's fine it's fine <laughs> thank you <laughs> but on the on the flip side of that he mm. I, ho- hopefully he frames 2023 you know just get some of the bad stuff out of the way he lost third he lost first round in three consecutive majors french wimbledon mm-hmm. and the u.s open to players one of them was to michael mo shout out to michael mo uh another another yeah, another really good yeah that, yeah, was that, was a, that was a great match. Yeah, Wimbledon. That was a great match from Michael Mo. So you know, no, no mm. real, no harm, no foul on that one because I got to support <laughs> Michael Mo too. Um, but the other ones, Fabio Fagnini, French Open. I know he had a little bit of like gastrointestinal issues. He was going back and forth to the bathroom, and then to Mackenzie McDonald, McDonald first round U.S. Open. On paper, those are not great. And on paper, mm-hmm. a lot of his losses were not great from 2023. However, I mm-hmm. hope this is one of those growing pains kind of seasons for Felix. And sometimes yeah. you just need those, especially on the heels of what he did in 2022, winning four titles altogether. Um, yeah. ho- hopefully this is just something that he can be like, you know what? I, I went through it and it made me better. So. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and plus to be honest, injury was really the yes. thing that yes. that, that yeah. messed him up, really. So, you know, having to deal with that, and then, you know, um, knowing that you had like a a great season, the season like before, especially like it was towards the end of the season as well. Um, but the thing is, is that I, I'm still happy that he he actually I, I still can't believe that he managed to win a title at the end of the year like it was crazy um and a title that he won last year as well like i did not yeah it was back to back i was like wait what like you I, know what i, I thought I, of I, you know that you know that that video with uh denzel washington and jamie fox and denzel's like i'm leaving here with yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when felix yeah. lifted that trophy I, that's what i that's what i got he's like i'm leaving here yeah. with something it's playing, but I'm leaving here with a trophy. Okay, a big one too, because that exactly. trophy in Basel is huge. Yeah, and it's it's huge. yeah. no, yeah, it's yeah. exactly. So I really hope that win pushed. Like I hope it it helps with everything that he's been through. I hope that he also, you know, you he uses that as a way to push himself for like 2024. And I think you also need to give out a credit to his maturity um, because you. We, we don't we don't even know like mm-hmm. you know how hard this was he 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 shared a little bit how it's been a little bit difficult but you know he he'll be quiet he'll let us know like this is what's happening he'll come back and he'll try and stuff like he's very professional very thing so um i just I, i'm looking forward to 2024 for him like if we had to had this type of year for him to go bigger the next year then uh, I'll take it. At the end yep. of the day, he still he still ended with a title. Not there's not everyone who won a title this year, so is what it is. 
I like that, Lucy. Yeah, I agree. I think, as we've established, like 2023 was a tough season for Felix. Um, just kind of looking back, Wimbledon, Wimbledon was very difficult because that was the first yeah. time for me I, I had any kind of interaction or dealings with him, like in person. Mm. And like, yes, oh, yeah. seeing, seeing him after that defeat to Michael Moe and shouts out to Moe because that was his biggest, well, one of his biggest wins. Um, mm. it, it, he, he was He was crushed, but like there was such... He's got like an aura about him. Like there's, like you, like you said, Lucy, that his maturity like really does speak like above his age. Like, and I, I was just taken aback by, yeah, just how just together he was like after such a crushing defeat, like to go out <laughs> first round of a Grand Slam, considering he was like yeah. among the top seeds. I think he was like top, a top 20 seed at least. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly top 10 seed. I'm not sure what the seedings were at the time. And it was show court as well. He was mm-hmm. like oh, 18 or 12 or something like that. Well, one of the... He was, expected, he was expected to win, basically, and he didn't. Yeah, yeah. But I, think, I feel like looking ahead to 2024, the fact that he won that title in Basel, that, that should stand him in good stead um, coming into the new season. And I feel like, yeah, the, 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 his ranking right now is not a reflection of the player he is. Like, we all know that. Like, mm-hmm. he, he's a top 10 player. So I feel like it's going to be maybe players aren't going to want to see him like early rounds of like grand slams and like, you know, some, mm. some of the early events this year, because yeah, I think I, we, we all know Felix Ogier on his day, he can beat anybody. So I feel like, yeah, there's going to be a lot more wins in 2024 than there were in 2023 for Felix. One of his best wins, I think, and it was just released. Uh, you mentioned some really, really good things about his aura and his maturity. But one of his wins came off the court where he was named the 2023 Arthur Ashe Humanitarian Award recipient, which I feel yeah. like is a high honor and mm-hmm. shows that, you know, sometimes we get so bogged down on the results of, of tennis and the how many wins are in your category compared to how many losses. And it shows to me that he has a, a worldview outside of just the wins and the losses and the forehands and the backhands. And for a guy that is only 23, I mm-hmm. can really, really appreciate that. And I hope that it yields even better better dividends for him the longer he stays on tour because i know at 2020 at when I, miles at 23 wasn't getting anybody's humanitarian <laughs> award, so. <laughs> i was not thinking about the other people in the world it was <laughs> and i still might be there but you know kudos, kudos to Felix for 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 giving back and having a, a philanthropy mindset and just doing the things that he does that there's another there's something he does a felix Something for change. I mean, yeah, I, I'm, I'm change, lost. Yeah. yeah, points for change. And I mean, his, he he goes to Africa. His father was born in in Togo, I believe. He he has some. Yeah. He, he he does some stuff there too, which I which I really really appreciate. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to his 2024. I think it can be a really really one of those like rubber band moments where you kind of have to be pulled back before you really really launch forward. And hopefully, you can launch forward and do some things in 2024. I am going to say, as far as predictions for Felix, that he makes it to another Grand Slam semifinal in 2024. I like that at Wimbledon. At Wimbledon. Wimbledon. Yep. 
that was where he made his first quarterfinal ever. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like he can get back to a semifinal there at Wimbledon. It's the, the, the quickness of those courts, even though it's not the quickest, but there's don't let the roof be closed now. If the roof is closed, my my guy can do what he can do. Okay. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm I'm gonna say top. He's gonna get back into the top ten for me. Mm-hmm. So and and that that means that he's gonna win titles along the year, like you know, at different stages of the year. Like so, don't ask me where they're gonna come, but yeah, he's gonna be back inside the top ten in 2024. I think he's going to win a clay title and quarter or semis for French Open. Mm. He was close the year before. Took Nadal to five. Yeah. Nadal had to money. be Nadal, you know. <laughs> and even that, it wasn't any, it's not like Nadal beat him in straight sets. He literally took that old man to five sets. So, yeah. I like that. I'm with it. Mm-hmm. I'm with it. All right, so we are on the tail end of our top five black men in the top 40, and we are at the penultimate section with Mr. Chris Eubanks, who, don't call him Mr. Eubanks for whatever reason. I just finished a a Tennis Channel podcast, and he doesn't like being called that. I don't know if it was in jest, and I don't know if there's, like, some random, like, character in the world who also has the name Mr. Eubanks, but it's not his favorite, so I just... I, I call him. <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not seeing that. Um, <laughs> there's some, there's some then, other like, there's, there's some box, other sporting figure. Oh, gotcha. Okay, yeah. So he's also he's also black, so literally he's Chris, but I think yeah, he's also black. And funny enough, doing Wimbledon, like the journalists, like always, like asked him. His name, like, is, it's funny. Chris, his name is literally Chris Eubank. Oh, Chris Eubank. yeah, so, yeah, it's literally Chris Eubank. So, I think. Do you know what? I won't be surprised if it was after he left the UK. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, I'm tired of this because obviously he's a, he's a black Brit uh, boxer. Um, so I am so convinced because. Even like when we're at Wimbledon, journalists did ask about it and stuff. And I'm, I know for a fact, he's literally was like, yo, these British got me effed up, man. <laughs> I, I am so happy for Chris that I don't, some, some, like, he has a way of describing his own journey thus far because mm-hmm. he is not, in tennis terms, he's not a spring chicken. I mean, he's 27 years old, so for everybody else in the mm-hmm. world, that's completely fine. But for this to be the season where he makes his his real big, big breakthrough, gets to the quarters of a Masters in Miami for the first time, wins his first ATP 250 title in Mallorca, continues that grass court success all the way to the quarterfinals of Wimbledon, beating Stefano Tsitsipas and Cam Nori and Rout. I enjoyed every single bit of that. And I, I'm not sure if I enjoy that as much as I enjoy hearing him dissect the whys and the hows behind all of that and how it happened for him. I mean, if you guys ever get a, a, a chance, don't leave this podcast, but I'll go to another <laughs> tennis podcast called Tennis Channel Inside In, and he had a nice interview that was just uploaded not that long ago where he kind of walks us through his season. Mm. He has... I don't know if it's that college degree from Georgia Tech. Shout out to them. But he's almost a professor. 
he's a and and the and the fact that he's a tennis analyst and commentator you know kind of starting that that journey himself the way he can dissect his own game and what he needs to do to be successful is almost as entertaining for me as his tennis and his tennis is entertaining because if you give him a second serve on that one-handed backhand he's ripping it these days (laughs) I, I, i I appreciate that. I really, really do. So, um, you know, just large thoughts. How do you guys feel about Chris Eubanks's 2023? I'll let Lucy go because, I mean, that's your boy. Um, if, any- <laughs> <laughs> if anyone told me this would have been Eubanks season like that, I would have I would have been like, what? Like, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I think what's even more impressive is the fact that he's made such, like, his his career his career blew from a surface that he hated initially mm-hmm. which is crazy to me like you know is 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 one of those things where you don't like it but you work so much on it to a point where you you perfect it and he won a title and then reached second week of like Wimbledon and to me I just love the fact that a lot more people talking about him a lot more people like keeping an eye on like literally this time last year if I mentioned Eubanks to my friends they would have known who he is whereas <laughs> now they know who he is so it's it is it, is a great thing like for him because now he has like that support and stuff um but what i loved is that throughout he he you could see that he was enjoying the process um especially at wimbledon he he looks like he was just playing and enjoying it like i remember his match with medvedev um I think like the last set or like the the whichever set it was, he, even at the times where he was losing, he was just smiling and mm-hmm. enjoying the moment, engaging with the crowd. Like he was taking it in and, and it was really good. Like, you know, cause he could have just been so serious and stuff. Um, but I'm really happy like for him and, you know, like he's, he's, he's a great player. Those serves are like crazy. Uh, he has fluidity. He has, yeah. He has. Yeah. It. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy for him. Yeah, no, well said. I, I think like you kind of both said, like he's he deserves to be where he's at. Um and mm. like kind of coming from where he's come from too. Like he he's done it the hard way. And like we've you know, those who know, they know, like in terms of like what it's taken for him to get to this stage. Um and like you said, Mars, like he's such a great speaker, like in terms of just the way he analyzes the game and like his his tennis brain basically like it's it's like it's up there with, with the best and like he's still playing so I, i'm just imagining like how good he'd be as a coach like he'd be he'll make an amazing coach if he does you know mm. want to go into that after playing um mm. but just looking back at his year i think miami like you've got in your notes here like was was the, the kind of the tournament that kind of um was the springboard for him because that's where he kind of made the breakthrough and then for him to go and, and like have the time he had on grass and then the Wimbledon run as well. Like, I mean, it's, it's just fantastic. And like, I feel like his game too is one that can kind of be a threat on like all surfaces, maybe not clay, um, but definitely the hard courts as he's shown in, in Miami mm-hmm. and obviously grass winning Mallorca and, and going deep at, at Wimbledon. So yeah, I feel, I feel like, again, there's just a lot to be excited about with, with, with Chris Eubanks um, coming into 2024, and he'll be seeded, too, um, in Australia. He should be seeded in Australia, yeah. No, I think, I think it's the first time. Well, no, second mm-hmm. second time being a seed at a Grand Slam. So to be doing this at this stage of his career, like it, it's fantastic and, and well-earned, basically. 
It is, especially considering he started the season outside the top 100, and that was a big goal to get inside the top 100, and now you are comfortably in the top 40. Like, good, good on him. Um, and what was I just about to go? I was about to say he's he's so smart because after that Miami run, I mean, I think he's he he's put in enough time. He like I said, he's 27, which is on the other side of. Um, where you would expect a big breakthrough to happen for for a tennis professional. But he knows Clay is probably the least likeliest where he's going to really get the ranking points and prize money. I don't know if you guys know this, but after that quarterfinal run in Miami, he went back to the challengers and he could have not done that. He could have gotten, he could have gotten like, he could have squeaked into some main draws during that like whole Rome Madrid thing and just kind of played for the massive ranking points on offer, even for a first or second round exit. But he went back to the challengers and got some wins there. And then he played a, a clay court and got into, um, you know, main draws pretty much everywhere he wanted to. So I, I, that's that's not lost on me on how on how smart he moves and that's the benefit of him being the age he is on the professional tour it's not old like i keep saying but it's seasoned even though his results have not been the most mature he's a mature person to kind of take advantage of what's happening to him and i i, I love i love to hear him describe it and how he's got to that point so um predictions for Chris in 2024. I'm going to say that he, I feel like everybody we've talked about so far is winning a title. Yeah. They, they, they better, as they better should. do it <laughs> as they should. I'm going to say he wins another 250 and quarters again at a Masters, maybe Cincinnati. I think that would be pretty cool to see. Okay. Or, or Indian Wells, maybe. Yeah. I think he will re he will get a five hundred title mm. and a second win a second week at a Grand Slam, but I can't pick the slam. I don't know which one, but I can see it. Interesting. I, I'm gonna say a title on hard. Um and a quarterfinal run to the US Open or at the hey. US Open. I was thinking when you, did, when you said second week, Lucy, I was thinking how dope it would be to see him do that at the US Open. Oh, 100%. Yeah. He knows the people there. Like mm-hmm. he was telling this, he was telling this really, really cool story um, about how he was watching from home, about watching from home. Uh, Coco Golf's run and it was something that he he didn't make a big deal out of this but I'm sure at one point his career has not always been set up for this but he was just talking so freely freely about yeah if she gets to the to the semis and she wins it specifically I'll just catch a flight to New York (laughs) I I know this guy has not always had the freedom and in all the different ways to just catch a flight to New York in 2023 hey, listen, that, 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 that Wimbledon check was know, right? <laughs> <laughs> he said it so like yeah I'll just catch a flight to New York you know I mean he, he's based in Atlanta so that's not the world's longest flight obviously but you know how long, how long, is, that cheap. How long is that flight he, he, funny enough he, did, he didn't make it he was there was there was something going on um 
I think I, I think he was just kind of like buying his time and he low key too much time left. And he was trying to find plane or trains from Philly or that part oh, of the Northeast oh, to, and it just didn't work out for him. So he ended up uh, watching Coco's uh, championship at the US Open on home like everybody else. And he talked about how emotional he was, but oh. it was something about that. Yeah, I'll just get a flight. <laughs> yeah, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just, I'll just get a flight. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Um, there's another player that I definitely am worried about and the rest of the tour should be worried about. But before we get into them, just because I'm looking at my little recording space here, I'm going to take a quick break and we're going to be back to wrap up the pod and talk about our fifth guy um, that made the top 40. And it's a fun one. So stick around. All right, and we are back to close out this episode of Tuned Into Tennis, where we are focusing on the top five black men to finish inside the ATP rankings top 40. And we have reached the end of the top five, but by no means the least exciting because we are at (laughs) the stage where we can talk up and big up 19-year-old Arthur Feast. (laughs) <laughs> Am I saying that right, Eugene? I mean, you know, I got my regular this is, old. Lucy's the French. Lucy's the French speaker here, so uh, she's the one that's going to correct it. I mean, I'm French you, you, adjacent. The way you said it is actually <laughs> is actually right. Yeah, because you're you're eight, you're Haitian, right? No, I'm I'm kind of Creole in Louisiana, not Haitian. Oh, Louis- right? yes, that's it. It's a little, it's yeah, like a little, it's a little drop of spice. It's a little drop of yeah, spice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the only reason why I know about those things, which is so bad, is because of Vampire Diaries and the originals. Oh, that was a great the show. The I get it. Were ar- yeah, the witches were around them size and they were French. Anyways, uh, <laughs> I was off, off topic there, but um, the way you said it earlier was good. Although, like, with the French, they'll put more, you know, Arthur Fils, but you said mm. it fine. Like, and he said it like that, too. Well, I guess he should, because, you know, yeah. it's his name. But <laughs> yeah. I'm trying no, my best, He has, like, Arthur. a strong French, French accent. Is like, anything strong, not like, about... Is anything about Arthur Fee's not strong at this point, to be honest with you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my guy my guy is strong. What were you going to say? I didn't mean to yeah, cut you off, though. No, no, no. I was just, nothing important, but it was just like how, like, even during Wimbledon, when during his press, you know, he's like, he's very, he makes his effort speaking English, but like, because I understand French, like, he asked me, he was like, can I just answer in French? And then you just ask the question in English if you want. I was like, yeah, sure. So that's uh, how we did it. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He seemed like he seemed like a cool cat. And <laughs> something about Arthur Feast, who finished the year 36, mm-hmm. I am just big on. I he's finished he finished the year 36 in the world with his first title in Lyon, France. Speaking of France, he won it on, you know, on home soil, got to another 250 mm-hmm. final in Antwerp. And then also the final of the next gen finals in Saudi Arabia. He played well at all three of those ventures. And like I keep saying, it's only 19. And there is something very effortless about him that I feel like combines well with the way he plays and the power and pace of which he plays. Sometimes when I'm watching a player that, you know, is supposed to hit big, it looks like they're hitting big and like they're Mm. putting... If it feels like they're jumping out of their shoes or like a kind of arena Sabalenka ish, it looks effortful. Not so much mm. with Arthur Feast. He he just got mm. he just he just has it. And I don't know. I'm 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 actually trying a little bit to hold back here so I don't fanboy, but um, <laughs> I'm 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 excited for him, man. It's hard it's hard not to be excited for what he showed just you know, 
on a on a on a scale like 2023 where he's just coming into like our ecosystem of our minds in tennis even that is enough to be exciting so that makes me feel like if he when he really really gets the whole flow of being a professional tennis player and how you know how the, the things that could come along with being an ATP professional when he really gets that I'm I'd be shook I'd be scared if I was the rest of the guys mm. I'd be shook what do you guys mm-hmm. what do you guys think of when you're thinking about Arthur Feast go first Eugene yeah, I, I think everything you just said, like he's, for someone only 19, that there's a lot there to be excited about. Um, and I feel like this year he's kind of shown that like he, he's got the game to kind of compete at the very highest level. Um, like you said, already winning in, in Lyon, I think that was a clay court event. Um, and then going deep at, um, and well, I say reaching the final in Antwerp and then finishing the year in Jeddah as a runner-up as well. In a match he should have won to be fair yeah um, he should have won that not, one not, not taking anything away from the season he's had like it's been it's been an amazing season um i think also the the labor cup too even though he didn't win a match i feel like that was also like a sign of like things to come in terms of being in and around like that kind of group um and i mean people have their own kind of opinions about the labor cup but i, I like the event and I feel like kind of any kind of team event is, is good for the sport, considering it's a, it's a singles or an individual sport. I feel like when you see players like in a team environment, like it's just, it's a different look. Um, and I feel like for someone of, of like kind of Monfils, Monfils, <laughs> that's, his, that's his kind of countryman. Uh, for someone of, of Fies's like stature and like kind of his, the, st- the stage of his career that he's at at the moment, I feel like that was also like a, a big, a big moment for him. Um, and like, yeah, looking ahead to 2024, like, I feel like, yeah, the sky's the limit. Like he's got a new coach now. I think it's Sebastian Grosjean. Which is, we, his- we were talking earlier about coaches. Shout out to Felix Aliasim. That's a, that's a really good get. Sebastian Grosjean is yeah. number, four, number four in the world. And if he's seeing, exactly. he, if he's seeing enough to kind of buy into Arthur Fees at this stage of his career, I'm excited to, to buy into Arthur Fees in his career, you know? Definitely. So I feel like that that's a big coup for him. And and also he's been working with, before Grosjean, he was working with um, Ivan Lubacic, who obviously oh. was Federer's, Federer's coach. And I think Lubacic now has a role at the French Tennis Federation. Oh, so yeah. he got the heavy hitters. Kind of okay. Yeah, he's kind of had all these kind of people like around him, um, which again, just bodes well like for his future. And I feel like he's kind of already shown that, yeah, like he he's a player to kind of, be a, a real threat, or that will be a real threat um, in, in 2024. Mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, I'm very excited to see it. Yeah, and listen, if you have one of the big threes calling you and saying, come practice with me in Dubai. <laughs> hey, not, every, not everyone can get that call. QA, sorry. Who, not everyone can get that call. Some people, they get no calls. They get an Instagram <laughs> like. They get Instagram comment. He got a call saying, come and practice with me. And, you know, we spoke about this on our last pod. And I was telling, like, um, Eugene, like, that's that's big because Nadal competed at other big threes. He's not really the type to holler at people to say, yeah, hey, that's not been come that's not compared to the others is not really been him. So the fact that he, he did that, that's big. But I feel like what I love about this year is that a lot of people were like, 
getting into Asiofis and you know each each um, tournament even the ones that he's not winning it's like everyone's keeping an eye on him and talking about him and in a way it's funny because it's like he he quietly like leveled like like moved up like it is it's weird like I like, I like that's a great way to put it you get, yeah. you get what I'm saying yeah like not saying I know one knew about him but it's just like out of, it's like oh okay like He's he's like the progression, okay, okay. gradual progression. Mm-hmm. The gradual progression and 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 the and the and the WTA player for me. I know we're talking about ATP player, but I feel like WTA player for me who's also done that was Paolini. Like mm. Paolini, like a lot of people did not like realize, and I'm like, hey, she's like in the top thirty or something. <laughs> this girl was like, to me, she was the most hardworking. Her and Atiyafis are probably the two most hardworking players that we've had this year. Um, and I'm and I'm not even saying this in terms of black spin. I'm just saying in general, like they mm-hmm. they they went they worked their asses off. They they won some titles. They reached some finals. Paolini, she won like some double titles on top of that as well. So honestly, it's just great. And like you said, Astrofisis, they're both so young. Astrofisis is just 19. Mm-hmm. Like it's crazy. It's, it's, it's insane. And, you know, he's very professional, very well media trained. The the French, they love him. Like I, I would literally like. I feel like they only went to Wimbledon for him. Like it's so funny because at Wimbledon, because obviously he lost the first round, um, and the, we were in a small media room, and it was ramped packed of just literally like we needed a bigger room like it was just ridiculous and it was so funny because the, i was the only non-french non-french like media person there mm-hmm. and it was like we'll let you finish this up and when i was done you should have seen it it was just hammered that just all came closed with the microphone like, <laughs> but you know what he like, benefits from though right he got he has like natural swag but he also benefits a mm. little bit from that pretty boy thing because the way oh, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the way the way he never is seen without a fresh haircut like <laughs> <laughs> it's just well though yeah, yeah. it does like, you know he if he okay i'll say this i'll say this if he keeps up with like the stuff he's doing let's say he um maybe i'll put this in my predictions for next year if he qualifies for the atp Mm -hmm. finals which would be a huge feat when they pull out them suits and they give him like a little opportunity to be sweaty in the photo shoots Uh, it's over it's over for the rest of the dudes it's so (laughs) my guy get my guy he has it i don't know what they put in into the water because you know song could have some of that too and that's why it was easy to kind of watch him because he had explosiveness on the court and in dynamic just charm off the court and Mm autophis has has all of that and it's it's showing already i can only just hope and pray for health over his body and you know Mm -hmm. his his mental because it's like we've, we've said before it's a long hard grind each and every year to be on the ATP exactly. tour and I just I just yeah. I just want want success for him it's it's I don't know shout mm-hmm. out he he has like Beyonce said in her song he has effortless swagginess he just got it he just got it he, got it. he, he got it and it's, it's easy it's easy it's easy to root for what do you guys think well I just kind of said mine about 2024 maybe I'll, yeah, I'll I'll stick with it I'll go big and say that he mm-hmm. he um qualifies for the ATP finals in Turin. Not the next gen finals, but oh, the wow. ATP finals. Wow, so that's, that's top eight. You think top top eight? I kind of walked my way into there. <laughs> And I, I can't, I can't back out now. I walk yeah. into it. You can't, you can't. <laughs> I can't back out now. You he's winning something. The thing about the thing about the top eight is like he doesn't certainly have to finish top eight in the rankings, but in that race he does. So in I'll say, race. yeah, okay. I'll I'll say yeah, he does enough. Mm-hmm. Or whatnot. Okay, okay, that's true. I, I, I'll I, say I, he I, squeaks I, in there. Yeah. 
I think he's going to win like a big title, like either ATP 500 or 1000, and definitely second week at a Grand Slam. 100% seeing that. Yeah, easy. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to go. I, I don't know which Grand Slam. <laughs> Maybe Australia Open. I think Australia Open. I'll say Australia Open second week. Oh. Mm-hmm. Coming off that, the Nadal. Special hits. Exactly. I just hope I'll be in different parts of the draw because I don't I don't need no rematch on Australian Open soil of what they've been doing in Kuwait because you know you know how some there's there's that little there's that small risk you take of playing with somebody who's like your peer mm-hmm. you kind of give them some of your in, like your information and they can just yeah. use it against you on match day I hope yeah. they are far away from each other in the draw so we don't have to worry about oh, that. So I'll say I'll say this if that if that does happen Fees is beating the doll until I'm just saying that okay okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, my, my, my bold prediction for Fies um, in 2024, I feel like, I think the French are going to win the Davis Cup and he's going to be like the main player in, mm. in kind of get, getting them there. Because I, I, feel, I feel like watching him this year at, at Davis Cup, I think they played Great Britain. Um, and I think he did lose actually the match. But there was so much. Yeah, he of, lost to Dan Evans. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so much like anticipation like around it and like, like Lucy said, the French, they they absolutely love him because they know he's a special talent. So I feel like, yeah, Davis Cup could be the kind of event for him that can kind of, yeah, take him to the next level. Not, not that he's already not going there, but yeah, I kind of can, I can see that like in, in his future somewhere. And who would be, is, is the who would be his uh, teammates on the Davis Cup team? So, yeah, good question. Um, ooh. Because I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Hugo and Bear. Hugo exactly. Um, I want to say doubles. It's going to be like his, his good butt. I don't know if it's, if it's going to. Well, I don't know if rankings play a huge role in like the captain picking who's going to be on there. But if it, if it has to do with camaraderie, then we know who, who who his doubles partners could be. Giovanni. Oh, Mepeshi, exactly. Yeah, Mepeshi, exactly. yeah, 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 yeah. No, in, in, indeed. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure if, if Monfils is still kind of feeling it, he can oh, yeah. still be in, involved. Yeah. So I, I feel like the French, they won the Davis. I'm pretty sure they won the Davis Cup. I say fairly recently. I don't know. I you you got me really in the weeds because when the Davis Cup finals come around, I'm like, whew. <laughs> so I know, I know, I know that's Lucy's like least favorite event as well. But I, I just kind of <laughs> see that fees. Um, and yeah, I, 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 why not? Why not him winning another title as well um, in 2024? Mm-hmm. Like, I can I can see that for sure. You know what else I can see? Um, and you mentioned this, and my mind thought about this when you were talking about the Laver Cup. There's a specific point that Ben Shelton and Arthur Fees played against each other at yeah. Laver Cup mm-hmm. that was, oh, this is where tennis is going. Like, this is where modern tennis yeah. is going. And I would like to see an embodiment of all the guys we've talked about today, like, have their own... I don't want to use the word rivalry because there's a negative connotation to that. Like you don't really want to see like it's kind of like, you know, it is dog eat dog. But I would like to see a friendly rivalry between all of these guys and, you know, may the best man on that on that day win. And let's play some mm-hmm. let's play some exciting tennis and, and entertain these people. So like, you know, Chris Eubanks and Ben Shelton have played a couple times already. We just said Ben Shelton and Arthur Feast. I want to see what Arthur Feast and uh, Tiafo looks like like on a court playing against each other in singles. Mm-hmm. I want to see more. I want to see more of 
Felix and Francis because they've played mm-hmm. some some pretty decent matches before. And yeah, I, I guess want to see everybody level up. Hopefully we can if we record this the same time in 2024. How about we get everybody inside the top 20? Now that would be <laughs> yeah, that, that would be something. Mm-hmm. I, I put this in the notes. I, I, I as we conclude, I hope that this is the beginning of something and not the yeah. absolute peak of something because it it just feels like we we talked we touched on this at the very beginning. Like there have been and and still currently are a lot of examples of black women from all different mm. walks of life in different countries and, and backgrounds being successful mm. in this sport and shout out to Venus and Serena and the people before them for like making that possible. But on the, mm-hmm. on the black men's side, it's been a little scarce. Yeah. Like going back to Francis exactly. Tiafo, he's only the number, mm-hmm. he's only the third, the third guy to get to the top 10 as far as American. We got a shout out to Monfils mm-hmm. and Sanga as well. Some other people, mm-hmm. um, It'll it'll just be it'll be massive. It'll be massive if one of these guys really, really like sets him, sets himself away from the pack and gets to that rare air of top five, top three, or even higher. Man, I, yeah. I I can only imagine what that does for the visibility of the sport, the intrigue of the sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, it would be a lot to handle for whoever that person is, just because it has it's been a while since a black yeah. man period has won a slam. But I am hoping that. Mm-hmm. It happens because it's 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 not that far away. It feels like you know I don't know if it's I don't know if what's it. Part of me feels like it's what you guys are doing with Black Spin Global, and I mean I'll mm. I'll, pat, I'll pat myself a little bit on the back. You know it ain't, it ain't that much, but <laughs> there, there there there's a no, there's no, a movement. We're, we're in this space, one hundred percent. Yeah, Facts. yeah. Facts. It, 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 it's reciprocal, right? Like people see us talking about a sport that isn't necessarily the most accessible to people that look like us. And yeah. all, all of that goes into like the drive and motivation to break through and to have these huge successes in a place where it's been, you know, hit or miss sometimes. And I just I just want to see mm. that for for 2024 and beyond. So, like I said, hopefully this is only the beginning of something and not the peak. And I think it is a lot of these. Nobody in this list we've talked about is even close to 30. Eubanks is 27, but he got great more years in him as long as he's getting his massages and eating his protein. <laughs> <laughs> so we, I think, I think we're good for the foreseeable future. And then there's like, we've, there's guys that we haven't talked about. Uh, Giovanni and Pesci paid a card. He's on the come up. Um, Michael Moe got a shout out. Oh, yeah. somebody told me when I was thinking about like topics uh, that we needed a moment of silence for somebody that didn't finish 2023 with us. Not in like a morbid way. They're still with us. Oh, I, know, I know what you're going to say. Yeah, it's sad. It's very yeah. sad. You know what I'm going to say? Who am, I, who am I thinking about? The Swede. I have not. Yeah. Oh, oh, Emma. Emma. Oh, uh, yeah. Moment yeah. of silence for my out. guy. He didn't... I, mm. Part of me feels like he got a rough shake of it. Um mm. But then I also see some other things where I'm like, they're not playing over there with the International Drug Whatever Association. Mm-hmm. And he, he unfortunately mm-hmm. kind of just got bad timing slash, you know, mismanagement a little bit. I, I didn't think it would go as far from him being, you know, suspended to him retiring. But I get why yeah. that that felt like the next thing to do. So I, I hope it's I hope it's only temporary and we see him again because he, he plays a good style of tennis himself and I don't see why he can't mix it up with some of the best. He was I mean shucks he beat Taylor Fritz at Wimbledon this year. So there's yeah, exactly. there's there's some evidence to show that he can mix it up at the top 
players yeah. are just uh, unfortunate that it that it played out that way. But even outside of the Swede, Gabe, Gabriel Diallo is also somebody that I'm keeping my keeping my eyes out on. He's a Canadian. Anybody else that I've that I've missed? Um, no, I think that's pretty much in terms of the men. Definitely, yeah. I think Diallo mm-hmm. is someone I was going to mention, but yeah, that I think that's yeah. it. To be honest. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Elias is always there as well. Mm-hmm. Elias, you know, always yeah. starts at the top 100, but hopefully he cracks it in 2024, and I don't see why not. Um, obviously, Michael Moe, he's been as high as, what, 80 this year? So. And, and he ended John Isner's career, which for that we... <laughs> so, yeah, it's been, like you said, it's been an exceptional year, man, and we've said on our pod many times, like, it's, it's just such an exciting time right now, like, for black tennis. Mm-hmm. Not just in the on the men's side, but on the women's side too. So, yeah, man, bring on twenty twenty four, and and yeah, long may it continue in terms of like the, the growth and like yeah, the kind of players coming through because it's what we want to see, and and the sport does need it. It does. It absolutely does. It needs some re-energizing, and I think we are just on the cusp of that exact same thing that we need happening in the sport. So, so cheers to that. All right, indeed. We have had a good episode. I've enjoyed talking to you guys. And this is where I got to I gotta big up you guys because you, you guys have, like, calmly dropped it in throughout the conversation. And yeah, we talked to so-and-so player at Wimbledon. And, yeah, we, you know, I was in the press room. You guys, <laughs> you guys getting that accreditation at Wimbledon and Queens is huge, man. Like, yeah. Keeping up with the, the, the trend of, like, you know, stuff not being the peak. This is not the peak for you guys. Like I was, I mm. was, I was proud. I was motivated. And then, like, outside of all that stuff, you guys did a really damn good job. So if if Thank if you're you. listening to this, of course, if you're listening to this, and Black Spin Global is not on your Spotify Wrapped for 2023, make sure it is for 2024. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> because we, we come in, we we come in, and I'm I'm excited to be yeah. in the in the space with you guys for sure, for sure. Thank you so much, Miles. Yeah, that I was appreciate I really Miles, appreciate yeah. that. Of course, I mean you guys are you guys are doing big things. And for those that that want to you know follow you guys into the new year, let people know where they can engage with you guys and maybe some the things you guys have are working on in Black Spin Global, uh, the verse of Black Spin Global verse. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we're well, we on. We're going to be at the UTS. Is that going to be? Is oh this yeah, weekend? is next? No, this weekend. Yeah, this yeah, weekend. Yeah, this weekend. Which is well, we're only thing. <laughs> Which and uh, we know we know listeners are not the Chill. biggest fan of Patrick, but of who you know. I, I, oh, more talking about. I was gonna say uh, that's you, his that's yeah. his brainchild, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The UTS. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So what? I mean, because of scheduling and 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 work and stuff, we're gonna go only for the final. But it's still really interesting. Hopefully, Le Monde is is there. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah hopefully, because he's he's made um, it to like the the one this weekend, but. Hopefully he makes it to the actual final, so we can see him. Exactly. Do they happen but multiple times, times a year? The UTS? Yeah, one, yeah, one in, early? In, like, in... yeah, there's one in LA, and like, oh, okay. they have that YG show up and okay. stuff, which is mad. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, in terms of like black spin, like we've got, we've obviously we've got things kind of happening in terms of like in 2024, we'll be at the grass court events like we were this year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're. we're hoping and praying will be new in new york for the us open as well mm-hmm. so pray for us guys um, <laughs> but yeah hopefully you'll see us, you'll see us, you'll see us in new york. we'll be doing 
back to back. I'm going to just put it out there. We'll be doing back to back Grand Slams, so Wimbledon and the US Open to like close 2024, which would be massive for mm. us. So, mm. and on top of that, obviously, we'll be yeah interviewing players as well and like coaches too, as we've kind of been doing since we like formed. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, man, a lot, a lot to kind of be excited about and like yeah. like you, Mars, like like you know, like a lot of what we do is for our followers and like listeners. Right. So, mm-hmm. Big, big shout out to them because if, if they weren't like listening and following like we wouldn't there'd be, there'd be no need yeah. for us to do so yeah it, it's kind of massive credit to them and I, I need to shout out Lucy too because Lucy's kind of not kind of she has upped our game in terms of like the visuals mm-hmm. so being on YouTube Lucy kind of she, she edits all of the podcasts um, that go on YouTube all the reels you see on like our Instagram and like Twitter like it's all Lucy so mm-hmm. a massive shout out to Lucy for like her wizardry skills when it comes to like video ed- editing um <laughs> so yeah a lot a lot to be excited about for, for 2024 and just yeah again thanks for having us on yeah of, of course i i couldn't think of any when i when i reached out to lucy because lucy is um i, I don't I, maybe i shouldn't apologize for this but sometimes i can hit lucy in the dms with like an idea that has just popped in my head <laughs> and lucy be like, yeah what's wrong with that but let's let's organize a little bit for my she forces me to do it which i appreciate i am i am the organizer that's true because <laughs> i'm definitely the guy like if i if 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 I didn't have somebody to like reel me back in sometimes, oh my God, these podcasts would be long and all over the place. So that's why I have to write down my agendas to make sure that it, it you know, it all, it all works out. But yeah, it's all working out for, for both of us. I can't wait until we are, you know, like all three of us. Cause I have ambitions of, of, of being at, at these slams and emceeing mm-hmm. events and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it's, it's definitely going to happen. And the more, that we see representation on the court is the more we're going to see it off the court in media and beyond. So I'm, I'm super excited for 2024. Thank you guys for coming on the pod and chopping it up with me. And just one more time, let everybody know where they can follow you on the, the socials. So we are on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, um, and then audios. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Audio Boom, and it's all just Black Spin Global. So yeah. Simple, straight to the point. You can't miss it. Nobody else, nobody, nobody else is Black Spin Global like this. Nobody's, nobody's giving it up to you like this. <laughs> Thanks again to Lucy and Eugene for joining me here on the show. They've had a great 2023 with Black Spin Global, being able to rub shoulders with some of the athletes on tour and get insight from a credentialed media perspective is huge and I wish them continued success. Thanks everyone out there for listening to today's show. You can find more episodes like this on all your podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, or Amazon, just by typing tuned into tennis in the search bar. Be sure to follow or subscribe to our show leave a rating review and tune in with us also engage across all of our social media channels like instagram tiktok and youtube with the handle tuned into tennis for more information about today's guests and how to support the show check out the podcast description my name is miles david thank you again for listening to tuned into tennis and i'll tune in with you again soon